there. Thank you for connecting with me and subscribing to the Living the Sky Life podcast. I hope that the content of each episode brings you hope, connection, and some valuable takeaways. The Special Needs Parenting Village is large, so you should never feel like you have to travel this journey alone. Please connect with me through my website, Facebook page, or Instagram account, and let's keep this conversation going after each episode airs. If you are enjoying the podcast and are listening on Apple iTunes, please leave a rating and review or share Living the Sky Life with others. Thanks again for tuning in to Season 2 of Living the Sky Life. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Living the Sky Life. Today, my guest is Crystal Jordan. She is the proud mother of two children. Her 13-year-old son is on the autism spectrum. Through her experiences with him, Crystal learned how specific foods and overall nutrition can have a dramatic impact on individuals with autism, ADHD, and autoimmune disorders. She worked tirelessly on getting the information to the masses, first through an e-course, and now into a book she authored entitled Foods for Thought Diet, which is available on Amazon. Crystal is thrilled with the incredible and positive impact the diet has had on her son and hopes it could provide some helpful tips and answers for other families. We discuss nutrition and all the ways that she has found to open up her son and his ability to communicate verbally and his overall health has improved dramatically. So please enjoy my conversation and hopefully you take some pearls away from the conversation with Crystal Jordan. So welcome back to Living the Sky Life. My guest today is Crystal Jordan. I am pumped to talk to her. Um, we became acquainted because um, she, I think, did some writing for Cooper's Voice and um, she found me on Instagram and Facebook and my son has a lot of nutrition issues. So we're going to get into all the, the moms out there and the dads out there who have picky eaters and poor nutrition and Crystal hopefully has some really good tips for you guys in her new book. So um, let's get into it all. Crystal, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So I guess let's get into the autism part first, since that's kind of what we always talk about. Um, And I know you have a 13-year-old son on the spectrum. So can you talk a little bit about your journey into autism? And then we'll get into all of the um, the, the pearls that you've uncovered with eating and nutrition and all of that. So, um, how did your journey begin? Yeah. So my son is my firstborn. So with that, it's kind of like, what's normal? What's, you know, is this just, is this just who he is? Is this, uh, so yeah, so he was my first baby. Um, it's just perfect. Amazing. Uh, he did his, the first thing we struggled with with him that was very, um, significant of a problem was his sleep. It was just completely upside down. And, you know, like everything you read, baby center or whatever, it's like, just give it time, do, do keep the lights low. So we did all of the textbook stuff, but it was just, it was just completely flip-flopped. And so that was our first indication. Um, and it went on, it went on until he was about three to where it was even remotely resembled something that was normal or healthy. Um, and then we also saw a lot of gross motor delay. So he was a big kid. And so it was a lot lugging this two-year-old around as he got big really fast. So, um, so that was a challenge. Uh, yeah, he, he didn't talk until he was four. 
he has always been very, um, you know, we didn't see the disconnect in, in eye contact and things like that. So, um, so yeah, we, we really never got an official diagnosis until he was much older, which I know a lot of families I talk to now, they're having their kids diagnosed when they're two. So yeah, ours didn't happen until he was older, but we kind of already knew what he needed. And so it wasn't also not something we were too rushed to do, but the digestive issues were apparent from about 18 months and they were just odd. We would bounce from, you know, diarrhea to constipation to just anything and everything in between that was strange. And, um, yeah, we saw a lot of doctors in that time and we got uh, pretty well nowhere with that. So, uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know. That was kind of our beginnings and yeah. It is hard when they're 18 months and they're, you know, was he, um, besides the, um, like the diarrhea and things like that, was he having issues with swallowing or, um, chewing or any of any of that in the upper body as well? Yeah, I would say, you know, the chewing, I do, I do believe I remember that being kind of a challenge and he'd kind of mush graham crackers and things like that around for a while before finally swallowing it. I don't remember it being too significant of an issue that we did therapy for it or anything. I think it finally came around on its own, but yeah, definitely. What is your background in, um, what does BIS stand for after your name? Just oh, so I yeah. Yeah. It's a bachelor's of integrated studies. So basically, um, it's kind of a perfect degree for me. It was one I was able to get while I was home with my kids a lot and, um, and just finish it up that way. But it's, it's basically three minors into one major. So the focus is nutrition, health, and family. So it's kind of perfect. That's neat. I've not heard of that. That's really cool. I mean, I feel like we're all, we all should have doctorates in <laughs> all of that after everything oh. we uncover on our own. So I agree. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that's where I'm headed with that is that you, um, for some of your schoolwork, um, you know, I think you were able to apply a lot of your experience with your son and to kind of eventually leading you to this book. So um, I guess, you know, what we were talking a little bit ago about his digestive issues and things like that did all of that present in any kind of ways that a lot of us parents talk about our children with autism? We kind of all lump it into autism. That's just a thing. Um, but as I've said numerous times on the podcast and in, in blogs I've written, it's so frustrating when you go to a physician and they say, well, that's just part of autism. Digestion issues is just part of autism. Behavior, that's part of autism. And it's not. And they're usually crying out because there's something else wrong. So what specific symptoms or things physically or behaviorally did your son exhibit to tell you like something is wrong here? Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, just, uh, just like you said, is that there is, it's not like you can break those pieces away and you can really work on them individually. So I agree with you there, but so for us, yeah, we had the digestive symptoms. Those started coming up early and then, um, what really, we tried the gluten-free casein free for about a year and a half and we saw nothing from it, just more expensive graham crackers and, (laughs) and coconut almond milk yogurt that, yeah, we just, so we don't, we saw nothing there, but, uh, when we really started 
a digging in. It, honestly, it was, it was this night of desperation. I remember it very perfectly. And just because he started, the digestive symptoms were constant and they were strange. They got to be very strange. And we went to a gastroenterologist and, and he's like, oh, it's actually normal. And I'm like, it's actually really, really not. So <laughs> I was like, he's not good. This is not helpful. So I've got to view this out of my own. And, um, we started his, I realized and I'm looking back in pictures, um, of him, he just had this gray color skin and I'm like, this is not right. And these purple circles under his eyes. Um, and the thing that really was striking, you know, he'd get eczema. I remember one Halloween, I think he was three years old and I was always fairly cautious about nutrition and oh you know none of us should have be eating snickers bars all the time but um you know i think he had maybe three or four pieces of candy after we went trick-or-treating and the next day he was head to toe like full body hives <laughs> and you know and he'd break out with little patches of eczema on his hands and whatnot so we had that and then the last straw was his fingernails started peeling from the top down and it was just alarming. And I, you know, realized that like something is internally wrong here. So this particular night just went down I call it the Google rabbit hole. And, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> and um, I came across the, uh, this uh, specific carbohydrate diet and there's like, yeah. And it basically is, it, well, if people are familiar, people are more familiar with paleo. So um, it's essentially paleo, but with more fruit and with no dairy. So, um, or, or the, the SCD does include dairy, but um, anyway, we decided to omit it just because I've done other research that suggests that dairy is not ideal, causes inflammation for individuals with autism. So, so the next day, I cleared our house out of, you know, his favorite, you know, crackers and which were semi-healthy, but they didn't apply to this particular, our Oreo sitting on the top shelf. is going to make I'm it guilty. Gluten-free Oreos are what we have now. And I'm just, it doesn't make it any better. <laughs> no, no. So, so I just cleared it out and I started the diet and he was very picky. So it was, I pureed everything, but it was all this diet compliant and it was hard and he had a hard time with it, but, um, but I was just adamant and I knew that we had to do something and I knew we were alone in it. And so, so we did it, we stuck with it. And, um, within a matter of days, like I started seeing the vibrance come back into his skin and there's, you know, probably about a week, those dark circles kind of started to go and probably within a week also the, the digestive system or yeah, the all of that started to normalize. And, um, and then, so we kept with it, started seeing these small markers that made it, you know, worth it. And, um, and then we just about two weeks in, he started talking and it was just the most amazing thing. And this was coming from a child who had never talked before. And he was stringing three word sentences together. And it was just, it was just a, a signal to all of this information was in there, but he had been unable to unlock it. And that was, that was all 
we needed to really continue on with this diet and, you know, family get togethers, all of that. We just came with our own food, but it was so important. And it was the only thing we had tried every therapy out there. And, um, at least that's what it had felt like. And I know a lot of parents are in the same boat and this was just by far number one, the least expensive and number two, just the most impactful. So I already had a, Oh yeah. How old was your son? Sorry. How old was he at this time when you were doing all of this? He had just barely turned four. So, okay. Yeah. 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 That's hard. I mean, I think we did gluten-free casein-free for two years with Skylar. I think he was like two to four and it was just in the right time because he didn't know what a, you know, real pizza tasted like and real, you know, chicken nuggets or whatever it, not the gluten-free version. So I didn't have to really kind of retrain him, but like you guys, it did nothing for us. It did. It didn't do anything at all. We didn't see any outward signs that it was helping his skin or his body. It certainly didn't help with noises or sounds or verbalization or any of that. So, um, so it's great that you, you know, kind of stumbled on something that worked so quickly that you noticed it so quickly. Um, did you have, you said he was your firstborn. Did you have other children at the time? Yeah. Yeah. Did everybody uh, do the diet or just everybody for the most part, my husband at the time, um, you know, he'd go and get a pizza or something and and everybody has to do what they got to do. And I, I, like, I think you mentioned, I wrote a book and it, and that's, I've talked to a lot of families and that's the hardest part is getting everyone on board, whether it's other kids, whether it's, um, the spouse is a really big challenge. And I would say the number one, one challenge is grandparents really tough to get grandparents Uh to give up big candies and all of those things that they have been waiting so long to get their grandkids. So, yeah. So mm -hmm, I I agree with you. They see the behavior change though. If it's that dramatic, I think, you know, you were mentioning to me before that, um, in addition to the physical signs that and, and the poor sleeping that he was emotionally erratic. And I mean, that's, we still deal with that when Skylar's 18 and there's times I don't, I'm thinking, is your belly upset? Like, what is wrong? I don't understand why you just flew off the handle and are freaking out all of a sudden. And, you know, I'm about to that point. I mean, I'm so glad you reached out to me when you did, because I feel like it is internal. It's his diet. It's something that I don't know what it is at this point. It's gotta be food. It's gotta be something along those lines. So with some of these, um, dietary changes and things, and some of the physical signs that you were mentioning, I've, I've been told so much by our gastroenterologists and other specialists that one of the things with, whether it's with autism or not, um, when, when there's digestive issues, skin issues, other things going on, that one component that a lot of people on the spectrum have is autoimmune disorders of some kind. And so I kind of have lumped Skylar's into that bucket as well. Um, I believe ulcerative colitis is somewhat an auto has autoimmune presentation, like his skin rips open. He had, I swear, cradle cap for five years <laughs> instead of just being a newborn. He has eczema terribly just, you know, now it's acne. Um, it's presenting terribly on him. And I think it's all internal suffering going on and it's showing itself outwardly, if that makes any sense. Is Absolutely. that kind of what, what your research kind of showed you too? 
Yes, yes, definitely. I'm I'm trying to remember the numbers, but I believe that um, it's it's over 50% that they have found that, yeah, over 50% of individuals with autism also have some type of a um, autoimmune link. And usually either one of the parents will also have an autoimmune disorder. So my husband has autoimmune and I have um, just a history of autism that runs genetically in my family. So mm-hmm. it's kind of this beautiful storm. So, but, um, but yeah, most definitely uh, the eczema, all of it, the digestive issues, they're all, um, very much related to the immune system. And if something is suffering and what that essentially means is that the body is on high alert. So it started as a graduate project and, um, it was really great because I had an opportunity to, you know, find all the research and all of the reasons. I I knew that it had worked so well for us, and I knew that there there were other stories, and I wanted to find out exactly why and just how far it could apply. So, so yeah, it was my uh, capstone research project, and honestly, it just our experience with it. It felt like it was so incredible for us personally. And I felt like a responsibility to share the information, honestly. And so I started an Instagram page. I started a website where I just kind of collected, you know, foods that we were making. I've always, I've always liked cooking. I like cooking significantly less than I did, when, you know, early on. So I do it all the time now, but, um, Anyway, but I've always liked cooking pretty well. So just a culmination of recipes and the types of food that we use and what things my kids do like, because I know kids period are picky. And so just what my kids would eat um, that they enjoyed well enough. And so posting those and then, um, yes, all of the information, it eventually became an e-course and, and that was great. I was able to work with a lot of people that way. And then it just, over time, I just, I wanted to put it all into a book just to make it more accessible. Um, and so more affordable, just available to people worldwide. And so, so I did that and I, I, I scrapped the e-course, all of it's in the book and it's just, I don't know, I'm really happy to have it out there and just, you know, I know not everybody is going to have the exact same story that we Mm -hmm. did. But, but I do believe for all of us, like every single human being that nutrition is the most valuable way to take care of our body. I mean, we're literally putting things in there and we're expecting our body to handle it. And so, so yeah, so it's just, I'm really grateful to have it out there and, and hopefully it can, you know, continue to help different families. Yeah. And, and where can people find it? It's just on Amazon right okay. now. So both, yeah, both the ebook and paperback are on there. Okay. So what is the general focus of foods for thought diet? Does it take people, um, does it explain some of the symptoms that they may or may not be seeing with their, their child or loved one, and then, um, kind of walk you through how to eliminate foods and what to add back in? Does it give recipe ideas? Because unfortunately I haven't had a chance to read it yet, but I I'm anxious to. Yeah. Yeah. So the whole, well, the, firstly, the, the four in the title F O U R is representative of the four food pillars that the whole diet is built on. So that is fruit, vegetables, 
um, healthy fat and healthy lean protein. So those are the foods that, like we were talking about before, they, they don't trigger that, uh, you know, that immune response. These are foods that the body understands and can handle. So even foods that are really nutritious, like, you know, rice, things like that, they can still cause an inflammatory response. So just for a period of time, we eliminate those so the body can de-stress. So yeah, in the book, I just walked through our experience um, and, uh, you know, the research is a big part and that comes early on just so you feel kind of pumped up and, and why, why, why this works. So, and then um, I have a one week meal plan, a shopping plan, um, some substitutions. So if maybe you have a coconut allergy, you can't use the coconut oil, what to substitute it with. Um, or if you do find a recipe you like, what can I substitute this butter in here for um, that is compliant with, you know, this diet we're about to go into. So, and then also, you know, a very important aspect when you're trying to get sometimes a nonverbal child on board is um, just visual charts that something that worked really well for my son is I, is it's really important for kids to have any of us to have, you know, control over our lives. And it's no different for children, probably even more so, mm -hmm. but so I created a menu for my son and, um, you know, for lunch, snacks, dinner, breakfast, and he would just take these little Velcro squares and he would take the image of the picture that he could identify with and he'd put it on the menu and he would only pick things. He was just not, wasn't going to pick like a, I don't know, something he fish or something. He wasn't going to put that on there. So it still gave him a level of control over his daily food. And so we could put that in there and anyway. And so, yeah, so that's, that's a lot of what will be found in the book. Yeah. There's recipes. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. I tried to pack it with everything that I would have wanted or things that came up for me that I had to kind of trial and error out. So I tried to cover all of those things there. And in the beginning of the book is what I feel is the most important part is just like a message to parents. And it's, it's something that has come up a lot as I've worked with different parents is that, and I remember it too. I'm not, excluding myself at all, but it's that feeling of like forlorn <laughs> and that, oh, like I have this child, like things are not what I expected. And it's some kind of tragedy, right? And, and not everybody does this, but I think we all experience it to a degree and it's absolutely natural and I think it's healthy. But then just that, I don't know, that it's, it's a journey mm -hmm. and these kids are a gift. Like I, I am a different person because of my son, because of what we've gone through together. So, so that's there. And I feel like that's an important element. I've even had autistic adults read the book and say, you know, thank you for not, you know, addressing autism, like it's a tragedy right, right, right. that, that it's, it's, you know, it's workoutable to its own individual extent. Mm -hmm. And our purpose is not to cure. I think when you approach anything with the intent to cure, you kind of set yourself up for missing a lot along the way. So it's just, it's about, it's about healing. It's about, it's about just, I don't know, optimizing. And so, so that's, that's there. And I feel like that's 
you know, very important aspect of it all. So. Yeah. I mean, and I, I look at it like you do. I mean, having done this for 18 years now, done this parenting thing, which parenting is challenging anyways, <laughs> but if you throw in a little bit of differences, you have to learn to meet them where they are. You have to learn so many other things about raising a child on the spectrum or any child with special needs. And I do feel like I've never looked at autism as something I need to fix and cure and get rid of and all of that because it makes him who he is. And I don't know him any other way because some of his quirks are my favorite things about him. Um, for me, it's more of if, if diets or you know, therapies or anything at all can give him a better quality of life. And, and that's why it keeps coming to me, coming down to food and his stomach and his digestion. Because I know that those things, you know, even though he can't tell me, I know in my own gut that that is causing him so much of the distress that he's going through, the frustration, the behaviors, everything is triggered from something that's going on inside of him that I can't see. And I'd rather try to find healthy ways to eliminate some of that pain that he's suffering with, with whether it be through diet, then to throw a bunch of medications at him and try to cure it that way, you know, cure those ailments. So, you know, I'm just grateful for this. Did you slowly implement those foods since your son was four um, and remove other things? Cause it's real. I know one of the questions people are probably going to have is how do you just go from today? He's eating Velveeta mac and cheese, one of Skylar's favorites to tomorrow, he can't have that anymore. And he's going to be even worse before he's better because he's mad at me because he wants his right. stuff, you know? Right. It is so individual. Um, it's individual on the child and it's individual to the parent. Mm -hmm. um, different personality types are going to be able to uh, tackle things in different ways. So um, for me, I am kind of all or nothing when it comes to things I endeavor in because I feel like, and I actually think that this is applicable for most cases is I do believe it's better to, and I know people are going to just like probably turn it off at this point when I say this, <laughs> but I do feel like it's better to just like have a conversation about it in whatever way your kid can communicate. I, I always got like a big, white eraser board and you know we or, or I'd print pictures out or whatnot when it was time to even when he was communicating pictures are just always easier yep. for him mm -hmm. and, and so um just laying it all out and this is what we're doing this is why we're doing it and this is how you're gonna feel um after you know we've we've done this and I I wouldn't say make any significant promises, but like, you know, you're going to have more energy. That's, that's a guarantee right there. Um, you know, maybe we'll hopefully get rid of the, you know, that your constipation makes you really uncomfortable. You'll spend less time on the toilet, like mm -hmm. whatever, um, is the biggest challenge. So sitting down, communicating in whatever way that they can, as much as they can as a family, um, and go through the perks. And then I really, like wholeheartedly think the only way for most to make it work in a way where, because I think if you start kind of, and you're not getting full results because you're kind of there, I think for something like this, if you're having major issues, like my son is having, he was having all of these very 
scary things uh, as fingernails and whatnot, like I was talking about, um, in order to really see that transform and change, uh, he needed to be all in. We needed to be all in. Otherwise, it was going to be like gluten free. Yeah, you're eliminating the gluten and the dairy, but you've got all this other stuff in the food. You've got the sugar, you've got, you know, maybe even food colors, you've got all this stuff that is also causing problems. So you're not, you're just not seeing the results. So I feel like it's the same. And then you just kind of lose motivation when it's like, well, why am I doing this yep. anyway? So, so I feel like to go all in, make plans for it, set a date for it, clean the kitchen together. Oh, actually don't do that. Don't clean the kitchen <laughs> oh, together. I take that back. <laughs> yeah, don't do that. Do it in the middle of the night. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, make it a group effort and, and, you know, plan your meals together, make it fun, have a Hawaiian luau night, have, you know, maybe some, I don't know, I don't know, get creative pineapples and skewers and things like that. But, um, but again, it depends and some can make it work by slowly introducing and, um, and just, you know, starting, but, you know, if that food's available for these really picky eaters, they're absolutely set. Like they have to have their spicy rice crackers. That's what my son was into. And I think they're not, they're just not going to eat the other stuff. If it's there, I think it, they're just not, um, you're going to have more problems that extend long-term than if you just say, Hey, this is your last day for these. And, you know, tomorrow I'm going to make some muffins. And so like, that's, that's the other thing is you got a food prep mm -hmm. that is huge. you got to so yeah yeah because otherwise you know you come home from the park everyone's hungry and grumpy you're tired and you want to just stop at McDonald's and get some fries and some nuggets because that's easy everybody can go home be quiet be happy so but if you have food prepped and ready you've got you know you have watermelon in the refrigerator you've got I don't know this banana bread that you made that's diet compliant and you can just go home and you can eat that because otherwise that's yeah the food prep's really important aspect too so is there any foods or um or is there a part of the process where you can slowly add some things back in like are you eliminating to see um a, a, a piece at a time. So um, like, uh, this is a bad probably comparison and an example, but I've done the Everly Well test because I have a ton of eating issues. Um, my body doesn't process pretty much anything. My family makes fun of me because I'm sick all the time, but it feels like no matter what. And I also, so I did that. And I also did the, um, looked up the diets for eating for your blood type, just to kind of see how accurate Everly Well was. And it was identical. The stuff that my blood test showed that I'm like averse to, which I like almonds and like coconut things I love. And I'm like, shoot, no more of that. Um, but the blood test showed, or the, the um, diet for my blood type showed the exact same thing. It showed that those are things I should avoid. Um, and I was eating a lot of that. And so um, if you don't do a test like that, if you don't know ahead of time, if you just eliminate everything, then you don't really know what, you know, you're sensitive to and what you're not. So is there a stepwise approach, I guess, to this? Um, I mean, I know you said yeah. kind of go all in, but can you do it that way too? Will it be as effective? It might take longer, I guess, but. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think I'm addressing it, right? Let me know if I'm not, but so initially you, you stick with these four foods. Mm -hmm. um, and obviously I, I, I'm a big advocate of 
food journaling. So what did they eat in the morning? Was there a behavior that followed? Interesting. Let's go back and see what he ate. Um, so, so you, there's that. So things like coconut almonds, yeah, those would be permitted on this particular diet, but yeah, there's sometimes you run into that. So that's where food journaling would come mm -hmm. in. Um, as far as introducing other foods like you know, rice or quinoa, things that are great for you, but are not necessarily, I call it phase one. Phase one is just these four food groups. And then the next phase is, yeah, slowly one at a time introducing, you know, starchy vegetables, potatoes, you know, yams, um, and, and just journaling. And you just do one new thing in a day and, um, and then just build from there. If there's no aversion, then great. It's, it's a new food mm -hmm. and, and you're going to forever build. And then the third phase is I do recommend that families try a slice of regular bread. You know, you want to know how, you know, have a, I don't know, an organic lollipop or something. How is he responding to sugar now? So, um, so yeah, I do there's, yeah, there's three phases so that you can find out where your forever, um, tolerance is. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just, I feel like it, I know it's kind of, we're centering around autism, but it's just so good for everybody. Um, you don't have to feel miserable and live like that. I mean, I just remember before I realized with blood tests years ago and stuff that I just cannot tolerate gluten at all. I don't have celiacs, but I have very, very heightened gluten sensitivity. And I think most people do just the feeling that you have when you're bloated and you're tired and you're grumpy and you're just all of that. And it all comes from food. So if you can eliminate putting that in your mouth and feeling that way, it, it sounds easy to just do it. But I I'm right there with people who are like, eh, I'll just take the, the cramping medicine that I have. I'm going to eat that cookie. I really want that cookie, which is terrible. Yeah, oh. And so I'm just trying to put my, myself in my child's mind, like, you know, here I'm controlling his food and I'm like, no, you're not having that. <laughs> I can't even do it to myself. So it takes a lot of, oh. I think a lot of parents would want to do it with their children because that's how I was when he was gluten-free. I, I did the diet then too, because I thought, I need to know what he's eating and what this tastes like. If I'm going to make him eat it, <laughs> I'm going to try it. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You, I do believe that the whole family mm -hmm. needs to embark. Yeah. Number one, because these are just healing foods. We live in a rather toxic world. Yeah. And so I think to, to do that, to give your system a break as much as possible, period, it's just a great idea. Um, but yeah, like you said, and, and my thing that I say, like, this is, this is easier said than done. I am not out here preaching and being like, everybody can do this. If you don't do this, you're weak. You know, I hate stuff like that. I come across that with these motivational speakers and it makes me angry because it's hard. It's really, really mm -hmm. hard to make these changes for yourself, for your family. It's hard. And so, you know, whatever you have to do, I mean, I don't know. I, and the thing, the thing that I also always advocate is choose one thing, choose one yes. thing that you want to focus on. Mm -hmm. If it's diet, focus on diet. If it's living a chemical free home, do that and make that your normal before getting into something else. Otherwise it's just, it's hard. And so you end up failing at more than one thing. That's all of us. That's me. That's human nature. And it's, 
and then you, you, none of it really gets done to its fullest ability. So, so I absolutely feel that like, yes, mm -hmm. yes, it's hard. It is hard. All these things are hard, but it, nothing <laughs> worth doing is easy, you know? So, yeah, right. Right. For sure. Um, well, so, um, your son is 13 now. So how, how is he doing overall? And, um, you know, I know you said he started having words pretty quickly after, you know, transforming his, his diet and his health and all of that. Is he just a happy-go-lucky 13 year old boy or is he hormonal teenager with, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's awesome. He's just, he's the best. Um, I'm saying that I'm his mother, but, um, as far as, you know, I think I haven't had him assessed. I think if I did, he would maybe still have autism. He's totally quirky. Um, he's obsessed with power Rangers. Um, he's obsessed with being a teenager. He thinks there's something very special about being a teenager. I'm not too sure, but, um, he's, yeah. So yeah, the communication and it's just been this, this gradual, everything. It's really cool. I'm sure a lot of parents can feel this. It's really cool to see these like year markers, you know, maybe you go to an Easter party every year or something and to see how, uh, how they are compared one year to the next. And so, um, you know, every year, I, I don't know where he's going to end up, mm -hmm. but it's really a joy to see just how hard, honestly, our kids have to work at just things we take, <laughs> took for granted. It just, you know, the, the, the stimulation, all of the external elements and, and even just working to communicate. Um, so yeah, so I don't know what the future holds, but he's just, he's fabulous. He's my favorite person. Um, <laughs> and he, yeah, he's totally into girls. He doesn't really know what to do with that yet. We homeschool. So, so it's his exposure is limited, but, um, anyway, yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's it's a good great. thing. <laughs> Does he have I think one so. sibling or multiple siblings or. Yeah. His sister is three and a half years younger. So how, do, how do they interact? Are they best of friends? I mean, they're at school together at home. So yeah, they're fabulous. He's so, yeah, he's so concerned about, he always has been very concerned about her. Um, at first it was just because he didn't want her to cry because that was exhausting and stressful. And, but now it's evolved into like, he just doesn't want her to hurt. And so, so that right there, he has created this sibling relationship that, and she won't do anything to make him upset because that just wouldn't be right. Aww. So anyway, yeah, that's nice because sometimes um, parents that I've talked to have said that their kids in various ways have regressed when a new baby enters the family. And so this was about the time. It sounds like the timing she entered the family about when you were getting ready to get started with this, this diet plan or this eating plan and all of that. So, you know, he could have, I guess, regressed and toilet training or just anything at all. So it sounds like he didn't, which is even more of a blessing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Oh, well, they sound like amazing little people. So, uh, <laughs> so, well, I, I cannot wait to get your book again. It's called foods for thought diet F O U R in the title. Um, and it's available on Amazon. You said ebook and paperback, right? Um, yes. so people can, I will link up um, the Amazon link so people can get that and 
you know, the way I kind of always do things, I read the whole thing first and then I think about my family and what way I can implement those things. So that's just my suggestion. I would highly recommend people pick it up, read it and see if it's something you can implement or not and take pieces of it, pearls of it, if that's what you need to do, right? (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time and your insight. I appreciate it. Yes. Thank you. This has been such a pleasure. Wonderful. Well, I will chat with you shortly. I'm sure after I read the book, I'll have questions. Okay. (laughs) Sounds great. Thanks. Send it my way. Bye. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Living the Sky Life and we'll tune in for the next episode coming soon. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the Living the Sky Life podcast within Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Play so you'll receive alerts when new episodes are released. Subscribing is the best way to ensure you don't miss a single episode. If you like what you hear, be sure to select the five-star rating, provide feedback, and share Living the Sky Life with others. Thanks again for listening.